come stop and take a trip down on my block where you see hidden potential young minds sharper than pencil and ain't afraid to speak they mind if they got something against you we standing with you we tackle issues like civic pride hate will cease to exist let's put our differences aside from my side to your side from dutch town to south side from penrose to north side from benton park to old north to west end the west side we bless when we step out we stand down rise up stand together wise up this is stitch cast studio produced by st louis story stitchers in st louis missouri Youth leaders discuss the role of police and the impact of police policies on black youth with our special guest, a former police officer, Mr. Luther Tyus. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches. So, uh, so Malcolm Gladwell is like the, one of the greatest authors of all time, in my opinion. He was talking about how people become great and what they do to become great. And he brought up this thing called the 10,000 hour rule. Mm. And what he said was, he said, if you were to break it down, like if you're a musician and you practice for a thousand hours, wait, those are the people that play at churches. Mm. He said, if you practice for like 5,000 hours, he said, those are the people who teach at universities. But if you somehow get into that 10,000, 9,000 hour mark, he said, those are the people that you pay money to go see. Because what happens is your subconscious takes over from like, you know, say you're, you're dancing up there and you already, you got some set moves. You'll begin to probably manipulate your moves and you'll just start doing things that are still on rhythm and still very skilled, but that you didn't practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you reached a certain level. Mm-hmm. So, but just that discipline that y'all have to just do it by yourself and go to different cities and that hunger. I mean, your passion, it showed. In the first round, I was like, he won. <laughs> Everybody was good. Yeah. But you had a you had a mixture of energy yeah. and skill that I saw immediately. Wow. So, okay. get off, man. Feel it. Energy. It's just like you got to bring that out. Yeah. So it brings the best out of you. Yeah. You got you to gotta include emotion. Or you're just going to be just, as we say, slaw. Mm. Like you have to add emotion, you have to have energy, or else, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You have it's to. Like, it's just with all hearts. You yeah. have to put Bad. your all into it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like being forced to play the piano versus loving to play the piano. Right. You it's know what I'm saying? It's a difference. Yeah. yeah. It's but, just life. Yeah. Period. Just put your all into it. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, I got a question for you, Luther. But it's like a personal question. Okay. So, like. Did someone inspire you to be in the police force, law enforcement, or like, is that something you always wanted to do? Uh, my dad was like, he was a military police officer, and I, and I mean, honestly, uh, if you put me in any type of community position, I, I, I think I would do well. And at the time, I was so young, I was like, you know what, I need insurance. <laughs> <laughs> If I get sick, I want to lay in the bed in the hospital and not on the floor. So, you know, <laughs> you know it was like a sort of uh, coming of age thing for me. Mm. Sort of, and I applied and got in and the best was a wrap, you know? Yeah, I want to ask too, because you said any community position. Yeah. Um, was there ever any time, you know, when you were out in the forest or you were out on duty, you know, and you saw things that you wanted to change in the community, you know, or that you felt 
should be there for youth or you know anybody in the community what are there what are those times and if so can you kind of elaborate on the points a little bit oh yeah i saw it all the time and that, i mean that's a, that's uh, uh, initially why i left because i was like we the way that things were going we were going to see more uh black deaths mm. and i knew it and i saw it i saw it in the training i saw it in the culture and we weren't doing remotely enough to change any of it. And what's sad is a lot of stuff still really hasn't changed. You know, a lot of things that we're trying to address aren't, you know, cameras. Let's take cameras for instance. Well, people are still getting shot on camera. The chokehold that happened to Eric Gardner, they knew they weren't supposed to do that, but they did it anyway. So it's something much deeper, something that we weren't touching on that I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw, you know, poverty cycles, generations of poverty and things not changing. I was working, you know, I was doing like community events, like, you know, handing out shoes and poop bags. And it just, I felt it wasn't enough at all because I was like, these kids, you know, they're on their way to death. Mm. If we don't exactly. operate on a policy level, on a macro level or something, we're watching them literally year after year walk into their death. So, you know. Yeah, and um, I think this next question, this is to everybody as as a matter of fact. You can go ahead and ask it too. Alright, so do you believe that a positive outlet in neighborhoods can help kids get off the streets? Thanks. For sure. Well, yeah, you, okay. So what you call, it, it's called inoculation. Mm-hmm. So let's take LeBron James, who didn't have a father. So somebody had to notice him. Mm-hmm. and put something inside of him. And what he did is he internalized it. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't let anything on his outside environment affect him from, and that's what's called being inoculated. And that's mm-hmm. like the one thing that definitely works, that I know works, when you get into those neighborhoods and you can still in them, you know, love and all this Maslow's hierarchy of what we need to survive. Right. They can inoculate themselves. I mean, they, nobody's gonna do it by themselves, but mm-hmm. you know, this is something that they can, you know, uh, get out right. with, you know? Yeah. What about y'all? Even you can, y'all can even talk about, um, too, the youth council members, how story stitches, you know, has even helped you in the community, you know what I'm saying? Or even other organizations that do, you know, different things in the community, how those uh, help you. I say story stitches was like one of the things that kind of like made me a better person. You know what I'm saying? Because just performing it in front of all these, in all these schools, all these places, and just seeing smiles on these people's faces, like during all these times, it's just, it's like, I want to keep doing this. I don't want to be in jail. I don't want to be out here looking around, looking around, looking behind me all the time. You know what I'm saying? I want to go around the whole world, not have to worry about going nowhere. Like I just had so many kids come up to me and tell me they want to dance now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or they want to do this now. Or they, you know what I'm saying? Kids that's nervous. Like you remember at the end of the show, the kids would come up to us and start singing or rapping or dancing. That is a great feeling. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, I just took this kid off the street. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Enough. Now he got something to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Besides seeing people protest, seeing people dying, you know what I'm saying? He just worried yeah. about, he just want to dance, he just want to sing. You right. know what I'm saying? He just want to do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, being part of Story Stitches, because I don't live in the city. I live in the county. Mm -hmm. So when I started Story Stitches and stuff like that, I never realized. Like, I knew St. Louis was full of talented people. But when I was here, I was like, St. Louis is really full of talented people. <laughs> yeah, no Because, like, for me, I don't dance or sing and stuff like that. I mostly write. Like, mm -hmm. um, two weeks ago, song. I just like wrote my first short film. Mm. So nice. now I'm just trying to yeah Congrats. find a director and stuff like that. So that's uh, I like writing and stuff like oh that. Oh my goodness, that's, that's so dope. Let's talk. That's so this. dope. Oh, okay. All right, and yeah. congratulations too. You got anything? Yeah, I guess for like me personally, like when I travel, you know what I'm saying, like out of St. Louis to like different states, out mm -hmm. of the region, no, out of the Midwest, like on the South Side or the East or the West, just meeting different people and networking with different like kids, you know what I'm saying? Just be like, oh, well, I want to do what you're doing or when I grow up, I'm going to be just like you, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just that feeling alone makes me feel good. Like I'm doing something right, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing something positive. So it's like, well, since you see me today, you want to dance tomorrow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it feels real good about that. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's time for another StitchCast Studio Arts Interlude. That's right. We about to pick the city up. This week, we have a Story Stitches original entitled Saints of Louis. Dear Saints of Louis, what do you want St. Louis to be? A history rich in both prosperity and chaos. A city where both slaves and free blacks once lived together. A city that was once defined as a world-class city, the fourth largest city in America, where the World's Fair was hosted, where the 1904 Olympics Games was housed, where St. Louis Blues was brought to life, home to Maya Angelou, Nellie, Tina Turner, and many others, where greatness is and again must be. But first, what St. Louis do you now see? Because St. Louis hasn't been saint to me. St. Louis is traded in his glory for calamity. Vacant and amity, we demand in reconciliation. We, saints of Louis, abandoned philanthropy. Our willingness to lift the city, giving our hands to reach down into the ground, lifting our home to the standards we all seek. Because St. Louis hasn't been saint to me. Will you reach out and make this city saint with me? Come and grab a brush and paint a place with me. Amazing and awesome. A canvas worthy of the first name saint you see. We are saints of Lewis, allowing malevolence and poverty to take sovereignty of our home. Our public schools occupy with my fellow youth, whom are filled with promise and pain, tangled in this ancient endless chain of survival, the system, disdain, and neighborhoods where brothers blast each other in the brain. Some come into the school to escape, and some even more beat down by the school they thought was safe. Even in those walls, a civil war waits. Our youth dying or either leaving this city, and I can relate. I am Ferguson, wounded and needing assistance. I'm Kenlock, bought out of existence. I am the Delmar Divide, still very much resistant, but I am change, coming in the distance, persistent in my aim to knock down the insistence of chaos and violence and suffering that leeches our city, of its proficient strive to thrive beyond where it is now. I believe in our potential to change the atmosphere of this city, to move it gradually towards an unshakable unity and saintlyhood. St. Louis hasn't been saint to me with all this divide and distress, pain and duress. My youth are failing so I cannot digress and rest from the urgency of what I express. So please press past yourselves and reach and protest with your hands and heart. A Louis better than what it is now. A St. Louis to be correct. A city, a place that I can call home 
where I can sleep without gunshots filling my ears, where I can see unity among my peers, where greatness and heroism has volunteers, where our collective values and principles are clear, where saint embodies our years, and I'm ready to work for St. Louis becoming saint, you see, because now nah, it ain't to me, but it's very faint, you see, it's there in parts of our history, and the rhythm in our marches, and the joy in our celebrations, in our hearts and faces, and Saints of Lewis, this is where it all starts, with us. Let's do it. Man, I remember when we um, went to Seattle. I don't know, man, that was just so fun. That just, that's like, that's gonna always be a part of my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We went to, we performed at the opening of the museum, and it's just like, when we were out there, it was just a totally different feeling. Yeah, it yeah. was. You know what I'm saying? Even though it was rainy, even though I failed and broke my watch. That I had <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. Yeah, um, I got up and I was like, I'm still here. Right. I'm still in Seattle. I fell in Seattle. <laughs> a piece of my watch is in Seattle right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That was just life changing, bro. You know, sure. for real. Yeah, and I would, I would speak a little bit on that too, going to Seattle. I think even just for me as a group, being able to go to Seattle, you know, being able to be with your friends, you know, yeah. and do that and have that experience was even better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, was even better for me. And I don't know, when we get to certain levels in our lives, you know what I'm saying? We gotta remember these moments, like that we didn't we didn't get to that place alone, you know. And look sure. look back at the people who are in the positions that we're in now, you right. know, wishing that they could be where we at, right. you know. Yeah. So this for anybody listening too. Right. So I'm a product of like special education. Like uh, there was no no rhyme or reason how how or why I should have graduated from Washington. That's like a top the number one or two university in so school of social work. But somebody opened the door, like kicked the door. Like the mm. guy I was taught, the only reason I got there is I just wanted to produce a research paper to put into police curriculum so that we could change some of the things that we were doing. Mm. This dude was like, man, quit your job and come back to school. Well, the dude I was talking to was the dean of research. Mm. He was like, man, quit your job. I'll find you money. I'll find you stuff so you can go back to school. So, I mean, that, that taught me a very valuable lesson that anytime you can reach back and help people, especially after they do in the impossible for you, you got to do it back, you know? Especially us. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen any injustice during your time on the forest? And if so, how did you feel about it or what did you do about it? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. I saw like, uh, you know, I, I saw it. It's, it's so baked into the culture. You know, it becomes normalcy. Just like you go to school every day and you see stuff, man. You go on the streets and you see people shot mm. and taking their last breath. Or you mm. see police officers and it's just like a, a subtle erosion. Mm -hmm. Just imagine going to work and it's just subtle. It's just a subtle erosion of people, you know, uh, not everybody was a bad police officer. Don't 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 get me wrong. I learned from some great police officers about. I learned life skills and everything. But you do you have some bad apples. Like it's documented. Mm. Uh, I can't think of the one police officer's name, but the one where he got into the car with the with the throwaway oh, yeah. gun and mm -hmm. all of that type of stuff. Everybody knew about that, and everybody knew that dude was shady. They knew the guy was shady before he was a police officer. His mm. his his psychological evaluation was terrible. Yet he was, his like parents were known or something like that and got him in so everybody knew the dude was, you know, off his rocker. So yeah, yeah, I, I quit. And I'm still on I'm still on that journey where 
I am uh, working on research. I learned how to research to, to, to start police reform because mm. it felt like that's the only thing that I could do to change what I was seeing. Mm. So, you know. And I want to kind of piggyback that question to the youth. You know, how are you all, what injustices or what problems are you all seeing that you want to change? And how are you changing that, whether it's, you know, directly or indirectly, you know, with your art and with your focus and your passion? Well, for me, I kind of want to like just basically start my own program where like if students want to learn how to crawl or other styles, they can have a place to go, you know what I'm saying? Because like coming from the street dance life, it's like dancing outside is cool, but once the winter time comes, it get cold. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't got a venue. You know what I'm saying? You dancing in either somebody's garage or you know what I'm saying, somebody's basement and you know what I'm saying, like the noise complaints or you know what I'm saying, like once yeah. you get like a venue, then you know what I'm saying, stuff get easier. You know what I'm saying? You can move on your time at that mm. point and that can be better for the youth where they can have an outlet where they can go, be secure, be safe, be themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. For me personally, um, you know, I got a lot of big dreams and aspirations for my community that I, you know, I won't probably say it right now because it's still just a, a dream right now, you know, but um, just indirectly with my art, you know, and my writing and my rapping, I try to always make sure that I'm doing one or two things that I'm either educating or I'm uplifting in all my songs and all my poems. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I always want to do because no matter who it is, you, they always gonna need to be educated, whether it's a person looking from the outside in or whether it's the person looking from the inside trying to see out. You see what I'm saying? And then to uplift because, you know, we see a lot of things, especially growing up, it's hard to see like the positive sometimes. And even, you know, as a young adult and a older mature adult, it's hard to see positive things. So I try to definitely always uplift, like, you know, whoever is listening to this song or whoever rewatched that video from three years ago, that they feel something, like, you know what I'm saying? That they are encouraged or that they are, you know, feeling like they've been liberated in some way or educated in some way, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I'm trying to knock down the barriers and resurface the change to my community. That's deep. For sure. Anybody else? You know, just your passion and your dream. Don't, don't ever, ever give up on what you're doing. And I mean, you, you probably heard that before, but there are like certain people during certain times in your life, they're meant to set you forward, like take off 10 to 15 years of work that you would have had to do had you not ever met them. Mm -hmm. But you just have to keep on pushing until you meet them. Mm. And then, you know what I'm saying? It'll take like, I don't know if you ever heard of like Confucius, right? Mm -hmm. So this dude, you know, he had all of these sins. He never wrote anything down. All he wanted to do is be heard, right? right? Never wrote anything down. Never wrote a book. Never did none of that stuff, right? So, you know, he died poor, right? But his students took all of his literature and made a book, which pretty much is like the, I don't want to call it the Bible of China, but, uh, you know, pretty much it moved the nation all the way up until now. Mm. Yeah, the stuff that he was just saying, because mm. he didn't write anything down. But you know what I'm saying? It just goes to show you that the things that you're working on is not in vain. You right. know what I'm saying? And don't you ever give up on it. If this is what you want to do, 
don't quit because I'm telling you, it happened to me. There will be people in your life, maybe four or five years from now, that will open a door and it'll be like a wormhole straight to some the success that you were looking for. You know? So definitely. Well, before we wrap up, does anybody have anything else to say? Any words of encouragement to the people that are going to hear this? Um, very great recording. Or, uh, you know, anything just to wrap it up? Um, I would like to say hype up. <laughs> <laughs> hype your friends. Hype your family members. Hype anybody that want to create or want to be great. Yeah. Right. They got an idea, hype them up. Support. Support is needed. Yeah. Always. Get off the streets and get in your bag. That's bad. That's bad. Dope. Well, everybody, thank you for coming out. Again, the dance battle was dope. Congratulations again for the second time. Um, and uh, everybody listening, thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful conversation. And uh, if you want to know more about Story Stitches, you can always go to storystitches.org. Until next time, folks. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. The City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, and Missouri Foundation for Health. To learn more, visit storystitchers.org. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.